Welcome to Bull Europe Podcast, the podcast of the Heinrich Bull Stiftung European Union office in Brussels. In this special episode, discourses on democracy in the EU institutions. Demography was never a matter of just numbers or statistics. It was not just a question of birth rates or fertility rates. Historically, it was always part of social engineering by the state and by political elites. That's Shalini Randeria, president and rector of the Central European University in Vienna, talking about the need to review how seemingly objective demographic data is used to inform EU policymakers and why reframing and reanalysis of such data is needed. Demographic discourse is a great lens through which we can analyse political discourses on gender, diversity, population composition, citizenship rights, migration, all of these intertwined issues, basically the body politics and the way it impinges on the individual lives, individual desires of men and women across Europe. And it enables us to look at this in a comparative perspective. Randeria recently joined the authors of a new report on demographic discourse within EU institutions for an online discussion. Both the report and the discussion, which took place virtually on the 16th of March 2022, were organised by the Heinrich Bo Foundation and the Gunder Werner Institute as part of the European Feminist Platform, which connects activists, scholars and political decision makers to explore how feminist best practice can positively shape the future for all, rather than just benefiting the few. You're listening to the takeaway pocket-sized podcast version of that report and discussion with me, Esme Nicholson. Welcome to the demography episode of the Böll Europe podcast, which shares the latest from the Brussels branch of the Heinrich Böll Foundation. European Union is facing major demographic challenges from an ageing population and low birth rates to a shrinking labour force. What causes these challenges and how to solve them are matters of debate. But as findings from the recent report Discourses on Demography in the EU Institutions show, the current state of debate is not sufficiently rigorous. As the report's authors, Judith Goetz, Wanche Höft, Livia Ola and Andrea Petto demonstrate, liberal and progressive political actors show a tendency towards skirting around demographic issues, which has left a vacuum for the far right to fill with racist, anti-immigration and anti-abortion discourses. Based on a quantitative analysis of Twitter data, the report shows how a feminist approach can correct this bias by putting the needs of all people first, not just those of the most powerful. As Germany's Green Foreign Minister Annalena Baerbock recently pointed out in the Bundestag, feminist policy has nothing to do with what conservatives are calling fuss or gedöns in German. Das ist kein gedöns. Das ist kein gedöns. Instead, a feminist approach to political debate can pull apart prevailing power dynamics that are inevitably patriarchal and subsequently unequal, both to women and men. So with this approach in mind, what will we learn from this report? You will learn that it's necessary to disclose the dangerous and gender-specific and racist consequences of right-wing and conservative demographic policies. Zora Siebert heads up the EU Democracy and Digital Policy Programme at the Heinrich Böll Foundation's European Union office in Brussels. You will also find out that demographic political agendas need to be combined with social and feminist issues 
And you will also learn that there's a need for progressive actors to step up in the discourse around demography. Siebert says the report not only explores how demography is debated within EU institutions, but asks what questions are addressed and how they are framed, examining how the answers shape policy. So why is demography relevant and where can feminism help? Historian and professor at the Central European University's Department of Gender Studies, Andrea Petto, who co-authored the report, says the political significance of demography appears to have got lost on many. Social scientists and politicians were totally surprised when there was this rise of demography and even a commissioner was appointed with demography in her portfolio. Petto says this inadvertent inattention to demography is the result of a belief that the discipline is predominantly quantitative in endeavour. The study of demographic events remained in this framework of positivist analysis because it's a representative of the modernist ideology. It assumes certain objectivity, so it radiates objectivity, and it still measures social differences with the category of men and women. And this kind of data is used by policy makers and avoiding the concept of gender in this way, demography unwittingly become an important ally of illiberal forces. Petto and her co-authors underline the extent to which the far right not only recognises the significance of demography as a discipline, but also exploits it. Petto argues that liberal actors must open their eyes if they want to reclaim the discipline from the domain of illiberal discourse and policy. In order to do this, Petto stresses that a feminist and intersectional examination of demographic research and the policies it informs brings to light major shortcomings in current discourses and reveals the need for a shake-up. Outlining the current demographic trends within the EU, co-author Livia Ola and Associate Professor of Demography at Stockholm University says the issues of fertility rates and increasing life expectancy dominate discourse and in turn inform immigration policy. Since the end of the so-called golden age of the family, which was uh, the late 60s, we have seen declining fertility in Europe and in the European Union. The lowest levels were reached in the late 1990s. It was below the so-called critical level of low fertility, 1.45 children per woman on average. In recent years, we have seen a slight fertility recovery but still, fertility is at 1.6 children per woman, which is very low, since the replacement rate is considered 2.1 children per woman on average. Ola points out that these trends are causing anxiety about the resilience of welfare systems across Europe. Such a substantial fertility decline has implications on the population age structure. Notably, an increasing proportion of the population are now in the retirement ages. And of course, this has implications for the old age dependency ratio, which is increasing. The major challenge with such development is, of course, the sustainability of the pension system, the healthcare and elderly care. Ola notes that while there were four working age people for each retiree in the early 2000s, by 2050, projections expect there to be only two, a trajectory predicted to be economically unsustainable without intervention, a topic to which we'll return. 
The report is based on demographic discourse expressed between 2015 and 2021 by EU politicians, political groups and institutions not only on Twitter, but also in documents and statements, including those from the EU Commission, which, under Ursula von der Leyen, pays particular attention to demography. Co-author Zwanche Höft, a master's student of gender studies at the CEU in Vienna, says that while demographic change and its challenges are high on von der Leyen's agenda, the EU Commission's language on these issues is often so vague it allows too much room for interpretation, a fact happily exploited by the far right to advance and normalise its frankly racist and often misogynist political agenda. Recent publications of the European Commission compare contemporary birth rates with the golden age of the family from the 1960s. This comparison implies that birth rates experience a significant downward trend. This framing again obscures the fact that when we focus on the last decade, birth rates have risen again and stabilized, as Livia has shown us. Huft says empty rhetoric is a major shortcoming for demographic discourse and policy and stresses that the issues need to be tackled head on. Policy-wise, the issue of low birth rates is mostly targeted indirectly through promoting new EU policies to improve work-life balance and parental leaves. Heft warns that the Commission's linguistic wooliness in addressing demographic challenges has allowed far-right scaremongering about immigration to dominate the issue of Europe's ageing population. Far-right actors promote values of parenthood and family in their agendas, which they imagine to lead to a so-called demographic spring, which counters the so-called demographic winter for the native population. Co-author Judith Goetz, whose research at the University of Vienna focuses on right-wing extremism and women, as well as gender and anti-feminism, argues that these findings illustrate a worrying disconnect between demographic discourse and the real issues at stake. The current debate on demography at the EU level has no connection with the Social Europe agenda, which makes demography an easy target for instrumentalization by illiberal and right-wing forces. Goetz says it's up to liberal and progressive actors to change their mindset and reframe demographic discourse to end the de facto silence on their part. There is an urgent need to contribute to the relevant debates with forward-looking positions. Otherwise, conservative and far-right actors will continue to dominate and instrumentalise the debates. So what are these forward-looking positions and how can they change current demographic discourse and shift its emphasis away from the right? To address these questions, we return to Shalini Randeria, President and Rector of the Central European University in Vienna, who offered a response to the report during the recent online discussion. There has been a general rightward shift in political discourse across most of European conservative parties, especially on the question of migration, which are now all being linked to questions of demographic decline, or some people call it depopulation. Echoing the author's observations that the EU Commission under Jean-Claude Juncker and under Ursula von der Leyen is not entirely innocent or considered in its own positioning, Randeria warns that when it comes to immigration, policy, the political centre is also not averse to using alarmist rhetoric. So the European Commission's framing of migrants as a cost-intensive burden is problematic. 
the economic framing of this issue is so hegemonic that even the answer of uh, socialist parties, left parties, progressive parties is an equally economistic one. How much do migrants cost? Should they cost little? Should we then have lesser welfare for migrants? So this entire utilitarian economic calculus has shifted away the gaze, I think, from questions of gender, of diversity, etc., which are all part of the problematic that we are looking at. So one way of shifting discourse away from the right and offering forward-looking ideas to tackle demographic change is to focus on questions of gender and diversity. Randeria argues that issues like the EU's low fertility rate need to be reframed in order to be truly understood for policy purposes, proposing that it is questionable that the low birth rate should even be considered a problem. Is it a problem for the state? Is it a problem for the EU? Is it a problem for the individual men and women who would like to have more children but are living under social and economic conditions and pressures in which they cannot realise their desire for children? Then it is a problem. Randeria warns that current framing of the birth rate is restrictive regardless of political affiliation and argues that other factors are at play. So if we frame it as a fertility problem, which is what not only the far right is doing, but even the EU commission is doing, then the answer will be let's increase fertility. If we frame this as a problem of economic anxieties, which are being paired with uh, the inability to realize women's desires to have a larger number of children, we may get very different answers in terms of which kinds of welfare state measures may enable women to fulfill that desire. So I think the framing is not innocent. The framing is very, very important to the kind of questions we are asking will determine to a large extent also the kinds of answers that we are looking for. The report concludes that among the tweets analysed, those expressing anti-immigration racist views received the most likes and shares. One of these tweets links reproductive rights with immigration, promoting an anti-abortion agenda as Willkommenskultur für Neu und Ungeborene, which translates as a welcoming culture for newborns and fetuses. It proposes anti-abortion legislation as a way in which to counter immigration. As Randeria argues, the far right's response to an ageing population and low birth rate is to put women and immigrants back in their place and to use fear-mongering about security to frame it. We really need to look at the whole question of loaded terms like demographic winter, but also demographic security. This frames women's fertility and men's and women's choices on when to have children, how many children to have or not, as creating insecurity for the nation. Yeah, women are creating a crisis by not procreating for the nation. Migrants are creating a crisis by being somewhere where they should not be because they don't really belong. Instead, Randeria advocates political debate that focuses on entirely different sets of demographic problems and solutions, discourse that is more outward-looking, more focused on equality, and less Eurocentric. We could also have a very different discourse which says we live in a highly unequal world and our life chances are so determined by where we are born 
by geographical accident of birth, that migration would be one way of equalizing life chances in a very unequal world. But as Judith Gertz, Svanja Höft, Livia Ola and Andrea Petto point out with their report, the only way to change the discourse, to open it up and explore more equitable policies to deal with demographic challenges, is to adopt a truly feminist perspective to expose a much wider set of demographic issues than just birth rates and immigration. Without this feminist approach, the far right will continue to benefit from a discourse it currently dominates, rendering others silent and their issues invisible. You've been listening to the Berl Europe podcast. To read the report, Discourses on Demography in the EU Institutions, you can go to our website where you can also find out more about the European Feminist Platform. You can also watch our Feminist Explorations event series on our YouTube channel. I'm Esme Nicholson. Thanks for listening and till next time. You have listened to Berl Europe podcast the podcast of the Heinrich Böll Stiftung European Union office in Brussels. You can follow our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram at Böll underscore EU. We also have a Facebook, YouTube and LinkedIn page. To subscribe, just visit our website eu.böll.org and scroll to the bottom to find all relevant links.